Hi, everybody. This is Arthi from Human Chapters. I'll tell you a little bit about Human Chapters. Humans are living narratives with the past, present, and future. These narratives constitute of a number of chapters across a lifespan. The aim of these conversations is to highlight a chapter of the narrative and unpack its connections to other chapters. I don't care whether people are natural storytellers, but I truly do believe each one of us has a worthy story to share. An acknowledgement to country. We acknowledge the tra traditional owners and custodians of the lands on which we are. We pay respect to their tribal elders past and present and emerging. We celebrate their continuing culture and we acknowledge the memory of the ancestors. I am extremely grateful to be on this land and for all it has to offer. And I'd like to welcome Hamuera. Um, and we are going to be talking to him about his chapter on transitions. Welcome, Hamuera. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, okay, so my name is Hamuera Rimane. I am originally from Aotearoa, uh, a small city. Uh, about an hour and a half north of Wellington, which is famously known for sheep sharing competition where people come from all over the small country towns of the world to see who can share sheep the caucus. So it's a very rural little country kind of town. I come here in 2007. Um, I can't remember what for, but I've been here ever since. I've fallen in love with Melbourne and yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you. Um, um, tell us, tell us a bit more about why um, we were talking before the call, and the word transition stood out to you for your chapter. Why that word? Yes. What's the journey been? So I'm transitioning from. I worked in construction for the last fifteen years since I've been here in Melbourne, and I've at the same time been working creating through different mediums and now I've chosen to predominantly shift through to uh, as a full-time career and, and explore that and also transitioning from four years ago I was in a really dark place and I was carrying a lot of shame that tied into a lot into construction and then the way I see myself, I did a lot, of, a lot of damage to my body and I, I really kicked myself when I had other opportunities to survive and, and I really done some real damage on my body and I just punished myself for it to so to finally come out the other side of that. I just thought this is a, a, a great opportunity to let that shame go and so I can move forward and transition to the next stage of my life and the next stage of my career. Beautiful. Um, Sorry, Hamara. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, I think, I think, I'll, I'll, yeah, so I've been laboring ever since I was, uh, 13, I left school when I was 14 and was in the labor force in New Zealand. Until I became 25, I was working in the abattoir and then I come here and um, I had the opportunity to get into construction here and commercial construction with the union. So I never had the chance with the education of, I've had to make the kind of money I made while I was here. So um, I, I started doing it in and I think a lot of the shame is it's just the damage that I've done to my body and also not saving any of the money. And um, at 40, when we have these society expectations or just the expectations that we put on ourselves of what we are supposed to achieve, um, I think I just carried a lot of shame about not saving the money that I had the opportunity to while my family were struggling back home and, and then breaking in my body and being a, a young man that's broken their body, having to deal and learn with what it 
my body has always been important to me because I worked with my hands since I was 14. And when I started to feel it, to not be able to, to be trapped inside of my own body, I, I really, I, um, you know, I really felt real bad that I'd done that to myself. And I was scared of what the future is going to look like. And I still am, but I want to leave that. And I did what any trades person does. I used the money to drown it rather than um, rather than taking steps to get myself out of it, which is what I want to do now. So the last four years, it was a really dark time of me being in that. And it was my 40th birthday. I wanted to go back home. I had an idea of what I wanted it to look like and who I wanted to share it with. And it didn't happen, but for some reason, I chose that I'd have a 40th here and I rented out a space. And I had a whole collection of work that had been sitting um, in the hallways of my apartment for about four or five years. And I, I decided for myself, this is, you're going to do the change now. You're going to have this exhibition. You're going to knock the dust off these paintings. You're going to have them on the wall. And you're going to celebrate yourself with your, with your friends. And this is time to honor yourself. And um, so that was last May. And then, yeah, I've just been, since that, I've just been trying to honor myself every day by showing up for myself and fighting off all the, all the voices in my head. And that's why it's important for me to let go of this shame. So I, it's a scary, life is scary enough as it is, especially in the industry of art. Um, it can be quite intimidating. Um, it's very vulnerable. And I just want to show up for my younger self and do that. I can let go of the shame. And I think it would be helpful to talk about it. I mean, people in their 40s then know what it is, whether it's children, whether whatever it is, what we're supposed to have had or what we're supposed to have done or what we wish we had done. And we're just carrying our lives around so much shame. And um, yeah, and I don't want to do that anymore. I'm too old. I want to have less shame. I want to have less anxiety so I can be, yeah, I can go out and do it. Yeah. Thank you so much for um, sharing that, Hamara. And firstly, congratulations and happy birthday for me. Um, what I, I do have some questions and please feel free to decline them, not answer them if you're not comfortable with it. But I'd love to um, unpack within those four years, what were there pivotal moments where you, you that sort of gradual transition to change before your 40th birthday and before that exhibition? And what were those moments like that, you know, led you to the moment of enough is enough? I can't actually remember the moment that um, I remember coming home and saying to my partner, I'm having an exhibition for my birthday and it was only two weeks out from my birthday. Um, and uh, I remember it being pretty huge. She, um, she was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty big. But you seem like you really want to do it. And um, yeah, I can't remember. I really was abusing myself uh, mentally and with all the other things that you do to abuse yourself when you have money too. And I remember having moments when I got sick. So I think I was having a reaction to them. And I remember those moments of, of going, oh, you, you can't do this to yourself anymore. Um, and that was, yeah, that was really nice to be, um, to get to the point instead of punishing myself for it, I was holding myself and I was just like, you don't deserve this. And yeah, but I can't remember, 
I think it was just a, a snap thing. I mean, it's been a continuous battle um, ever since, and it always has been. Um, I think a lot of artists, mind, or everybody's minds, but a lot of artists that I know, they battling a lot in their head. Everyone's battling. <laughs> it's tough. Um, so yeah, I just remember it was quick, and I, I knew it was important to me to go, boy, I'm doing this for you. And I knew that it would get, give me the momentum. And um, yeah, it did. And uh, yeah, it was empowering. Yeah. Um, then I had that space for rented out for a month. So I got a space because I didn't have the time to um, get a gallery. So I, I got a space of a building next door and I painted it and set it all up and it turned out pretty awesome. Um, and then I had that for a month after the exhibition and I just had a lot of people come in off the street and um, it was nice to just have them appreciate my work and then from there on I've, um, yeah, just keep showing up for myself, keep answering the emails, keep doing the phone calls, keep um, listening to kick-ass music <laughs> that makes me want to go out and face the day when I want to be hiding in bed and then through Instagram, um, networking, like meeting people and, and reaching out and pushing each other. And yeah, it's, um, and being in my new studio, being around artists every day. And it's just like, they're my uh, favorite people. Um, they're also one of the most annoying people, but they're my favorite people. And to be surrounded by them every day is, it's amazing. So I worked a lot from home. But to yeah, to be surrounded by it, to to live it and breathe it every day, and and to um and to know that just like life, that everybody is is learning, um, is going through it too and learning. I guess you always expect people who are already master class, whether it's painting or life. Mm. I don't know. We just go around acting like we know because we're too scared to act like we don't because we're supposed to know but nobody knows and that's okay and that's what the main thing is, is I just as being 41 I don't want to have to have all the answers or I don't want to act like I know because I don't and I I would like a lot of people uh, to free themselves from that stuff mm. and how so do I hard You've highlighted such an important point um, and it makes me reflect on as a child, you think your parents know everything, you, like you think your parents know everything, you, you think that they have everything sort of um, in place every minute of the day, they know what's going on, what's going to happen sort of a thing until we grow up and go, wow, no, that's, we painted such <laughs> a different picture of them, but also to me, I, I don't know if it sets expectations as well. Like, yes, there's societal expectations, but then there are those internal expectations as well that I need to know. And everybody around me seems to know what they're doing. They seem to know where they're going next sort of thing. But yeah. it's every person living their journey knows how hard it is and what they know or don't know, right? Like, that's the thing. But yeah. It's not, you wouldn't tell the next person, oh, I don't know anything. Like, I don't know where I'm going. Because of that societal shame and judgment. Like, what do you mean you don't know? Yeah. And we're all, we're all like that. It's just like, I don't know why we're pretending and I just don't want to pretend anymore. Like, yeah. I'm just, I've already got enough anxiety in my body. I, you know, I don't want to be putting it under that strain. Plus, aren't we supposed to get less of it as we get older? We would tell children that it's not like that outside of school, but it feels like we're telling them it is and, and it is because we still care about all these things, about what everyone says. And it's just like, man, I'm riddled with anxiety. I don't need to be doing this stuff, man. I want to be like a grandpa already, just chill. Yeah, that's right. You know, like, I don't want to pretend like I know because I don't and nobody does. And that's okay. Yeah. Um. Take us to your your 40th birthday planning. Please take, I would love to hear about the journey of when you 
you told us that, that you just you wanted to have the exhibition, but what you did in preparation for it and your actual then the day arrived, what that was like for you. Um so I was freaking out a bit. I did go through and find all the documentation and remember what um put it all together. It felt like I just like I forgotten what it was all about. And then I put it together, found the pieces and then so then it made me feel more confident about it. I was still freaking out in the way, like any exhibition. Um, but then I stopped freaking out um, probably a week in a, a week into it. I was too busy to freak out anymore. I had to paint the thing. I had friends who were like, yeah, no, we'll, we'll come and help you there. They were too busy. They got like, they'll be up all night the night before and then they'll roll in at 11 and be like, it's late to it, I've already finished Oh, not even at two o'clock. It's like, dude, I've already finished. So I was just too busy to be um to be to be scared about it. Um, and then once I got up, I was just, just I just let myself go and just go, hey, it's it's here now, and it was good turnout. Um, yeah. yeah, it was great. Oh, it was great to see the works on the wall too. And like, I have got photos of what the place looked like mm. and what it looked like after. Because when I went in to look at the space, I, I think I might've had a couple of glasses of wine and it was dark. So I was just like, oh yeah, that's fine. I thought there was a roller door which would let light in and it would, you know, people would come in this and I was like, sweet. And then I went in the next day and it wasn't a roller door. It was a thing that you, they used to put tiles on for a display thing. And there was no natural light. The only light was like through a door. You know, I had these office, um, those office bar lights. So I had to pull down half a wall to expose one of the windows. And mm -hmm. I finally got there, but it was, yeah. And then I hired bean bags so everyone can sit and kind of look at the art. And yeah, yeah it was a great feeling. And then the opportunities come. I'd gone to the place where I was looking, so I was seeing, I was listening, so I was hearing. And you know how when you get to that place, you meet the people you need to meet, and it just, and yeah. that's what it's been like. Uh, yeah, I'd show up for myself, and, yeah. and then people message you and go, hey, you want to have a little bit? Yeah, yeah, you do the things that kind of just line up. That's, that's um, incredible. Um, yeah. Tell us what the month, after your birthday was like, because you said you still you had that creative space that you rented out for. Yeah. It was for a month after it, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, I had people come off the streets, and I had another mate come and paint in there. So it was just I I wasn't employed at the time. I, I think I I might have just got laid off. So I was in there. Um, living off my redundancy, just uh, doing the things, um, painting every day and talking to people and selling art and we got offered opportunities um, by councils in the city to see if I'd like to do stuff in there and just meeting other artists around in all the studios. Mm. So I'm in uh, a block of buildings that's about to get broken down at the end of the year and every uh, space is filled up by artists rent, uh, renting the buildings until the end of the year. So I've met all of them. And yeah, it was just great. Then I got offered a space just down in the same block with this space. And um, it's a window front space. So it's kind of, you're kind of fishbowl, you know, you're painting in front of people, but I kind of, um, there's, there's times where you just want to close the curtains and you just want to focus on on your art. But um, I told myself I'm I'm out here to take up space. I'm out here to take up space for the people of color, for, for me and for artists. And I've spent years hidden. So now I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it right. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just try. <laughs> and yeah, so um, yeah, it's been interesting. Um, teaching myself how to take up space and make space and yeah and I've kind of made a, a pop-up shop here I've got a mate's pottery 
Yes. And another uh, mate's work and my partner's jewelry. So it's kind of it's open to whoever wants to come in and hang some stuff up or that, yeah. 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 So the next step is learning about um business and mm -hmm. um, marketing all the stuff to do with um with art and kind of continuously kind of find out what type of artist I want to be and how I want to be perceived and also just the, the processes of going through and exploring uh, and seeing where that goes. Um, also, uh, rehabilitation, rehabilitating my uh, body. I'm going to have to go down to the pools and uh, swim with the nunas, just do some water, move some water around. Yeah. Can't really be doing I've got to do that before I can even do yoga because that's still even a bit hard on my body. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's really about buying uh really about getting my time back. Um taking a lot of stress off of uh off of my body and my mind and just being able to be uh available for my friends and family uh in the most optimal way it can be and for my art form to mm -hmm. collaborate. Um yeah, get a little bit of yeah, some health back. Yeah. And then yeah, see how I can um see how I can contribute to the communities that I am in to the best of my ability. Yeah. Um Hamara, so, tell us tell us about your art. You've been you've been an artist for a few years for what first of all, what does art mean to you, and what types of things do you draw upon to practice your art? Mm. Um, so yeah, I've been creating for since I remember. Um, but I think it was probably six years before I come to Australia, so maybe. 2000, I started picking up more. I was doing lyric writing uh, for raps, but I never I was too scared to be on stage. So I'm looking at doing that next, doing some poetry, stand up poetry. Um, and then when I come here, I think I dabbled with a lot of street art, not so much graffiti, but like fancy was a big thing at the time. And it was a nice, kind of funky way to play around with stuff and kind of look at the street differently. And I always, I think that's where my creativity comes from. I think it was it was kind of like a place that I went to. It was a world that I could create to. Uh, I think I see seen the world romantically. That's the way I like to see it. Um, yeah, I was my nan always when I went to visit her. She always gave me all the um, tools, and I think I just lived in my head a lot. I was just a big dreamer, you know. So I like to go around the world romanticizing it as much as I can and uh, I think I just got a really busy mind and I, I like it to slow my mind down to have an inner dialogue with myself to learn materials mm -hmm. to learn how what they can do and what they can't do yeah. um, and I don't know it just scratches that itch for me I like the yeah, the inner dialogue of pushing a line and you're like, oh, 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 and like that. It's, yeah, it's like hiking for me or something. And I just love creative things about the world, from music to the way uh, um, you chisel your words down for a poem, yeah. um, from the way you, you learn the notes of ingredients of food that I just feel like the, I just like the music of everything creative. I like learning the high hats and the bass notes of, of herbs through to wool to cotton on your ship. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the ability to, to wear a mood to change the climate with, with a, something that's not, you know, a, a way to time travel. Um, there's I don't have one particular process. I it's kind of like a a chat GTP of 
things that come yeah. in prompts and then I kind of collage in my head and whatever medium I have the skill to be able to do that, whether it's audio, whether it's whether it's some National Geographic and some scissors and some glue or some leaves or whatever it is, I'll just go, this is what I want it to look like, this is how I want it to feel. So, yeah, I just explore it that way and explore ways to try and say things in, in the way that I know and the way that I continue to learn. But I, um, I don't know, I just think I see it, it's just everywhere. Whether you go and see the decor into a cafe and you notice the things that put it, the way they put it, the colours mixed with each other, the heights, the levels, like everything, it's all the same language and I just like that language, you know. Yeah. That's, that's incredible to listen to you talk about just observing the details in a different manner and putting those details together that makes sense to you. And which is such a beautiful thing. It doesn't necessarily have to make sense to someone else, but it makes sense to you. And I was um, watching a movie yesterday where there was this um, person that had a passion for photography and it was very much like the details, the, the details that he captured and that stood out to him fascinated me. And I was like, why those particular details? Like they were really interesting photos and what he zoomed into. And it got me thinking about individual perspectives. What we zoom into is what makes sense to us. And a few, like many different things make sense to us, but bringing it together mm. is such a piece of art. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And yeah, I just would... I, I can't not do it. And um yeah. I guess it's just always been a way to escape. Yes. What what is your emotional journey when you are actually producing a piece of art? So within that moment, is it usually a positive one or is it a mixture of different things that you might be feeling? What does that look like? Yeah, that, it's just like the um, it's just like the um, starting a work. It can yeah, it can range. It can be something that feels really, really profound. It could be something that the work could yeah, you could. It could be a moment where I am have a chance to let everything disappear. Where I am no longer my mind. I'm the bend and the bristles of the brush, and that's where I want to be. Or I want to be my hand. Or it could be um, laborious and boring and going, oh, man, I, I just want the result. Um, but, yeah, that, again, it is that in the dialogue that I like the most. I'm just like, why won't this work this way? And you're learning material that has a, has a song. Mm. And you need, to, you need to listen to the music. When you listen to the music, you can make a dance and... And that's the same with anything. When, you, when you're feeding material through a sewing machine, there's a pocket, there's a rhythm in there. And if you know how to feed it through at the same time, it, it's, it's, you're in a pocket mm. and you're understanding it. And to get to those places, I think, are the most amazing. Whether it's, I worked on a jackhammer for 15 years and um, I, I feel like I can say I mastered it. And I feel like once you've mastered it, one thing, whether it's a broom, whether it's a jackhammer, mm. you kind of travel the world through, you can travel the world through a broom. You don't need to travel the world if you push the broom for 20 years. You learn about yourself, you learn about the universe on a broom. If you do it long enough, you'll be like a some, some teapot maker. You know, like you learn what it can do, what it can't do, and then you learn, you learn what you can do and what you can't do and what day you can't do it. And you just, so there's something about yeah, those things, understanding materials. And I think I like it because I usually get impatient and stuff. So when I actually focus on a thing and go, why why can't I learn? I need to learn more. And it's the same with cooking. You taste the food. It's just like, yeah, no, you don't do that. That's not what, that's not what you're about. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I just love that. When when did you first realize that there was a there was this rhythm in everything? 
in daily life and what message did that give you? Um, it allowed me to connect to people more because I see patterns and um, I learned it through tools um, because that was what I had first uh, like when I left school I worked with tools a lot and to uh, I wanted to get good at it and I, I, I don't think it was so much that I could get good at it for the boss but I wanted to know why I did want to know who was the best at it and how and how good were they and I think maybe just through doing that, I learned the efficiency of, of the movement. It wasn't just the music of, of the tools, it was the music of my body. Like every single movement is efficiency of, move, of, of movement and we use it in a very unofficial way. So I always, like if I was working in a factory and I had to do these things, I would move them closer to what was the, the stronger part of my body and what was in the flow of that, of that movement. So. I always broke something down like that. When you start seeing the patterns, then you're able to talk to a lawyer just the way you're able to talk to anybody. Like everybody is the same. You just got to find those things that connect. It's all it's all in there. I don't know why it'd be hard to talk to someone that's different because yeah. it's all the same. Yeah. And um, I think, yeah, I just wanted to find out what was I just wanted to make the things dance. I didn't want to struggle with them, and I and I did. I wanted to dance with them. I didn't want to fight and crash around in them. Yeah. And because it was already really sucked being there for eight hours or twelve hours, I don't want to be fighting for twelve hours. I want to be dancing and saying, I want to make it look like I wanted to do things that you haven't seen it done. It's not supposed to do these things. You told me what it does and what it doesn't do, and then I listened and I said, well, you haven't listened long enough because that's what not what can do and can't do. This is what it can do. What I'm going to circus lay this stuff up, and um, yeah, I just I think it's 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 getting in the pocket. Mm. Different words for it: float state pocket, and uh, it's just one of the most best places I've ever been in. It. So I just kind of like to find a way to get. So Hamoira, you talked about that space of flow, and we talked about you listening to music in in body movements in daily activities, um, anything that you're doing. Is there a piece of art that's been profound to you? And tell us, that, look, there might be multiple pieces, but tell us the story about that particular piece of art and the music that you heard. Um, trying to think. I don't know if I've actually any music with the with the um I think it's more so just the create the creation and the working with tools but um I think there was a piece that I explored that was a bit different than uh, the medium that I'm doing now and it was with uh it was with a oil pastel, and I don't know if I necessarily heard the music of it, but I think it was it was just one of those ones where I was really super present with it, where I wanted the lines to be. It was a very intentful line. It was very simple, but it, because it was simple, it had to be exactly right. And I just remember having the nervousness in my stomach. But then also the inner dialogue of you, you've got this, you've got this, and then uh, freeing myself. It's just like if you if you fight it too much, mm. you're gonna get it wrong. Just free yourself, and that was the pocket. And then I got the line, and I felt the line. It said exactly what I wanted to say in one line. And yeah, when you when you do a piece where you. <laughs> when you have the freedom but then also not the freedom but you free yourself and and you get it right mm. that is um that is what that is an amazing um, interaction to have with working but i think i ha i i have connections 
with all the pieces, they they take me back to the place of, of creating and I'm just in awe of them. I'm just like, yeah, you did that. And um, yeah, but I think it's more so um, using the tools and that is where I hear, hear the music. And, yeah. Um, when you're, yeah, when you're using a tool and you're going, oh yeah, am I comfortable in this position? What mm -hmm. do I want to achieve? Why is that not working? The paint's drying out too quick. All those things that questions that you're asking yourself, those are the questions that that I find are the philosophies of the ten thousand hours on a broom. Yeah. I mean, I recommend traveling because it's awesome. But if you spend ten thousand hours with a broom, it's those questions. They learn, yeah, you learn the music about yourself and the music of that tool. And those are when the philosophy, that tool already has um, philosophies to it. It was designed for it. Mm. But once you learn those, then you contribute to the vocabulary of what that thing is. And, and um, I think that's what kept me jackhammering for so long because I contributed to, to to an art form that most people won't see as an art form, but only certain people have an intimate um, relationship with that tool and, and it has already it already has its philosophies to it. And to contribute to something like that, it's like, you know, having a, uh, like on the beautiful mind, having an original idea that you can contribute to something that's going to be after you've gone and that's what I guess what mastering is um but to learn about yourself I could hear somebody's tool next to me I know when you're tired because I know what that sound makes I know what the smell of that I know if you've gone too deep I know um you, you know what I mean like you you spend so much hours with that thing you know when when you're why you're making a mistake why is this hard for me it's because you didn't sleep last night or you're not listening to the music you're fighting you're not dancing and um as much as the damage i've done to my body um with that tool it gave me a great gift of of understanding what mastering something is it's like and i uh, i would like anybody to um experience that even if it's pushing a broom for 15 years um yeah that is incredible um hammer uh, just listening to where like listening to your transitions but the but even trying to think about the depth of your journey right like everybody else there's such a breath in intensity and depth to it um and listening to what art does for you what that listening to music when you're using tools does for you is such a different sort of take on messages on philo um, philosophy questions internal questions that everybody is subconsciously or consciously asking themselves um, that's mm. fantastic I have two more questions I don't know if you'll be able to do that with your laptop or your, where you're seated at the moment but is it possible to have a look at your studio? Um, yeah, sure. Oh, we would love to look yep. through some of the um, art pieces and just, yeah, tell us, talk to us about any one of them that resonates or you want to talk about. That would be beautiful. Yep. Um, so I'm joined to a sandwich shop um, so that you can hear the music. It's quite busy. It's an amazing sandwich and everybody loves it. Yeah. Um, so this is the front. It's uh, on, you know, Ligon? Yes. Well? Yeah. Brunswick Street. Yeah. yeah. So this is the Brunswick East side of Ligon. So that's yeah. the window. It's very busy on a Saturday. People are out getting their coffee and their, their nice sourdough breads. Yeah. Uh, this is. Well, oh, um, wow. works here. Yes. I definitely so, recognize um, lots of them from your Instagram um, posts. 
And there's yep. one inhale yep. and exhale. That was the one that was yeah, really stood out. One here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when I made this, there was obviously like the inhale at the top. I just, it's the feeling of the expanding of your lungs, the bar, and yeah. then expanding. So it's full expanding. And then exhale where you can feel it in your stomach. It's like a little, like it goes to the wall of your stomach, getting out all the air. And I think that's pretty self-explanatory. It's the thing that we all really need. It's a way to make space. Uh, I need I need that a lot, like as much as I think, yeah, when I have this, this space to paint, it's important, but outside of that, I, um, especially with the phones and stuff and caffeine, I've really been fighting to keep my, uh, yeah, keeping my, uh, keeping my mind mm. still, once thinking about all the things. And so, yeah, I just think, yeah. So, uh, and then the red one behind is another version of that, that that was made for a hospital back home. Yeah. Um, it was blowing up really big, and my mentor uh, digitally made that for me out of from that one. Because um, yeah. I don't have the skills on a computer. Give me a glue stick and some yeah. papers, and I'll make it something. But yeah, I, I can't get my way around um, the uh, computers. Mm. Um, what else did I show you? This, well, this one here is called Connect. Oh, yes, that was the As other. you can see, yeah. I've used, uh, warm colours and cold colours and all variations of them. And as they kind of come in between each other, they yeah. give the full range of, of connection. So that's obviously the connection, um, or may not necessarily obviously, but it talks about the importance of connection, when it, our, uh, our need to connect with each other. But also it's connecting with the pocket and that's the um what we've just been talking about with uh with hearing the music of something so we can whether it's chefs dancing around each other in a kitchen they're just in they got the music they're not crashing into each other there's just that rhythm um and that it's important to uh to uh, find the outside not crash around with the world as much i mean you have to at times but if you can if you can find a way to do it less and yeah it's good mm -hmm. um this one here is called carry oh yes so i like it i feel like it, with the top uh circle it kind of feels like it's a weight on a head mm. and the bottom i feel like you could say it would be like a weight in the belly and it's about carrying carrying trauma and the way that we carry it and once you understand what trauma is and all the way all, all the different ways in which it comes out mm. and yeah I, I thought I'm just continuously learning things about myself and, and, and my triggers and mm. it's really crazy in which ways they come out um, and into my anxiety mm. um this one here is Rainbow on the Roof. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's, uh, it's just a beautiful place to be. It's the silver, it's the, uh, it's the rainbow on the roof. I feel like that's it's pretty self-explanatory. It, it, it's like a, a Nana's woolen jersey. It's a place you go to, Go and get some self care. It's the it's seen the the world romantic in times that you really need it. Yes. And um, yeah. And I got some of my friends. Ah. Um. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you so much for showing us around your studio. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, I'll be putting the links in the show notes for this conversation for when for where people can find you um, if they're interested in your works. The probably one yeah, of the cool. questions I do have is you talked about rehabilitation of yourself and within yourself. 
how do you take care of different parts of what makes Hamuera? Um, I found mostly what I've been able, there's a few things that I will, I want to do, but I'm not uh, in the financial situation to do that now. But I think the main thing I've been doing for myself is showing up and speaking nicer, to, not casting spells about myself. Um, it's been harder because I still like my sister do, but that's the main thing that I have the ability to do right now um, is. How much in nutrition is better. I like it to be a bit better, but um, I think the main the main one with what I have is um, yeah, sleeping, which is not very good um, at the moment. But yeah, it's just um, yeah, that continuous um, noticing and choosing, noticing yeah <laughs> that I'm thinking about myself a certain way and. Choosing to um, make a decision, and um, yeah, that's probably I would say, yeah, would be the, the thing from day to day that I um, do. And it's hardcore. Yeah. It's hardcore. Beautiful. Yeah. But I do, I do. Um, yeah, I want people um, uh, to. To be nice to themselves as much as they can every day and yeah um leave the shame especially at my age leave it leave it behind it's got no place anymore it's you've got things you've got to do life to show all the things all the uh, yolos like it's just it's time to let it go yeah absolutely and you know hamalera that reminds me of um there was a beautiful person that shared her story this week at an event um, in Shepparton at the library and I host uh, or I facilitate human book club sessions and part of that um, I suppose the human book club is that it's held once a month and there are different topics and people um, that are strongly connected to the topic I selected to share their story and um, mm. one was about she said when we're in sticky situations or there's a problem of sorts have a snack and the snack is an acronym for um, stop notice what's what you're feeling in your body accept it yeah. creativity and kindness and I was like what a beautiful yeah, no. Yeah, like concrete, have a snack. That's you know, it could help too. But like, yeah, writing that down. So it's what's the first one? So it's stop, stop, notice, notice, accept, creativity, and kindness. Nice. Yeah, it was a wonderful acronym and just her sharing um, for that was beautiful. But what you're saying is what made me think about or go back to that acronym, wherever we are in this, um, everyone has these sticky situations and that's, yeah, just a good way to remember it. Um, my last and final wrap-up question for you uh or rather two is did you want to share anything else that I haven't thought about asking you um no, 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 I, don't think I mean I could talk for hours but no I think it's, it's, I think it's all good yeah, yeah. and for anybody in the world that might be listening to this conversation, would you have any main um, takeaways for just people in general? Um, yeah. I know it's a really 
tough time coming out of what we've come out of. Or I mean, I know that I ha I have tough times, and they seem to be quite a lot. So yeah, I just hope everyone. I know we're supposed to. Uh, I just everyone's supposed to be there for everyone, and I just I know everyone. It's just so exhausted, and it. Mm. I find that it really gets me down. Actually, that we're too exhausted to be there for each other. Mm. So, any anything that we can do to look after ourselves for us to be able to look after other people. Mm. Do it. Like, I know we're just trying to cope in whatever which way it is. So it's hard. But if, yeah, if we could look after ourselves as, as much as we can. Um, but I, yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's all right. We're all kids. We're all learning. Yeah. And if you can let go of the shame, you can yeah. kick on. Beautiful. And take up some space. And, yes. And and make space. Mm. You know, give give the love and the light. It can look like anything. It doesn't have to belong to certain genres. Find your way to give your, your love and your light. Give when you can, while you can, all that you can. And um yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Amuera, for taking the time, energy, and effort to share your chapter. Um, I really do. It's connected deeply with me, and I do hope others um, connect as well. Guys, please feel free to share this conversation. It's going to be available on Human Chapters YouTube. Human Chapters Facebook page and Human Chapters podcast as well. And I'll put in all the links um, for where you can find Hamuera's artwork. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you too for reaching out and holding the space. And um, yeah, to finish off where you started, um, love and respect to the deadly people of this land. Yeah. Uh, Um, yeah. Thank you.